So I'm just going to jump in and we'll get going. Yeah, that's fine. All right. It's Friday. What's that mean, Josh? It's Podcast Friday, everybody. Awesome. Let's get recording. Hello and welcome to Get Real. My name is Josh Morgan, aka the Renovating Realtor. And I'm Gavin Townsend, longtime real estate investor with a background in education in the arts turned licensed sale professional. We're two realtors in the Western New York area who love talking all things real estate. We cover a wide variety of topics with an aim to educate and entertain you. No matter your role as a buyer, seller, investor, enthusiast, or another real estate professional. You can trust that we're always going to be upfront and honest no matter what topic we're discussing. So listen up and get ready to to get get real. All right, so what episode are we on? We are on. Season one, episode seven. Woo, lucky number seven. And what are we doing today? Renting versus purchasing a home. Yeah, I think we uh, especially get that question a lot now um, because low inventory is still persisting. But Josh, I don't know what your opinion on this is, though. Um, When I get buyer clients and they're saying, well... Should I jump in right now and buy a home or should I continue renting? And, you know, my first question is, are you already renting? Are you moving to this area? Because I believe that the rental market is just as competitive in our area as the buyer's market, you know, for the, yeah. for the type of apartment people are looking for, especially if you've got pets and you're moving more than yourself and are you going to find the right fit? So that's a really good question and we're going to dive deep into all these details, but do understand, at least in our area, I feel that both of those markets, whether you're renting or you're buying, then the low inventory in both of those areas is, is still the case. Yeah, rent's been going up, home prices have been going up. Um, it's really... Six in one hand, half dozen in the other. I guess it depends on how long you're going to be here, you know, when you talk about renting versus buying. And really, I think, what is it, three to five years maybe is like the break-even point. Yeah. So if you're not going to stay in a certain place for very long or you're not sure, um, I think then maybe you should rent. Right. Uh, but if you're you're set, you like the area, you like what's going on there, you like the, the growth or you like the you know, environment, then maybe you should look at at buying. Right. And what we're going to do today is highlight those benefits of both the renting and the the purchasing of a home. And sometimes the answer is somewhere in between. Um, You know, for a lot of buyers that I'm working with now, particularly those coming from out of area, they've been fortunate in some cases to find temporary housing or they can stay with a friend or a family member until they're getting under contract with a home. So, you know, we're going to present the pluses and minuses of both scenarios, but likely it might be somewhere in between for you. It's always a pretty tough situation. And then when, you know, it's not a simple rent or buy either. It's very, it's pretty complex. Mm-hmm. There's different factors that go into renting and buying. And it's not just the mortgage and it's right. not just the rent. Right. It's, you know, personal tolerances, it's family stuff, it's, jobs what are we doing and so all of that plays a role and it's not always something that we can answer for you yeah so we're gonna drill into it we're gonna talk about the benefits of renting first and, and get into that you know us we'll be tangential we'll we'll be entertaining but let's dive into the renting situation first and we'll dovetail into purchasing as well so you know you could say that renting might be your most flexible option 
Definitely, yeah. Renting is definitely the most flexible option. Also, depending on what the lease or rental agreement is, it definitely could be your more flexible option because you can, you know, with renting, it's just you have a year lease or you have a rental agreement, which could be month to month. Mm -hmm. So if you're not sure or you're looking at maybe possibly moving areas, then you just give notice, you get your stuff and you vacate and the landlord re-rents the apartment. Right. Um, so, you know, that is flexible in that area. It's also flexible with, you know, repairs and maintenance. Um, not responsible for a lot of that. A lot of that falls on the landlord. And that's why you rent a place because if you don't want to take care of that stuff or you're just not sure, then you just rent a place. And it, it can depend on the situation too of where you're renting, what you're renting. Could be an apartment, could be a town home, could be part of an HOA, could be a single family home. And it could be, um, you know, the desire of that homeowner, your, your landlord from whom you're renting, that they want you to do certain things so sometimes like no nope, everything's included it's your rent it's utilities it's everything other times it's here's your base rent the utilities are in addition to that those are in your name uh, lawn care snow removal repairs things like that some landlords don't want you touching their property they want you to call to switch a light bulb off i myself as a landlord i don't know how you feel josh change you can out. change the light bulb change the light bulb um, the batteries in the smoke detector <laughs> maintain yeah. them yeah that's you know that's a that's a thing that you can do so there might be some things you have to pick up a finger for it's going to depend on the relationship and the property with the landlord and what they're expecting you to do yeah but painting my walls please don't do it yeah please don't uh you know don't <laughs> appliance repairs don't remove the appliances don't <laughs> replace the appliances let me handle it Right. Let me know, you know, so those things, you know, those are on me. Yeah. Uh, capital improvements to my house. Yes. Fixing the gutters, replacing windows. Correct. All those things, those are on me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to have a choice yeah. in how those are done so that they're done to my standards to ensure the longevity of my investment. Right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. You also might have a situation that I've, I've come across recently where the landlord is maybe the rent is so reasonable that they're like, if you want to do anything like that with flooring, I'm not going to touch it, but go ahead and go for it. So again, it's really a case by case scenario about who you're working with, who you're renting with, what is the scenario? So a lot of folks think it's more flexible because, uh, you know, they're not going to have to lift a finger, but it really depends on the situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, It definitely is a very still personal thing when you rent to somebody. You have to have, con you have, to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, you also have to, as a landlord, not be afraid of confrontation. You have to have the difficult conversations sometimes, you know, because if someone does something that is displeasing to you, you have to have that conversation. It doesn't right. have to be in a hostile way. It just has to say, no, hey, we're no. doing something that's not okay. I don't like it. Please don't do it. Um, you know, and then you have to take it from there, I think. Sure. I think, you know, from the tenant perspective, you know, having the conversation and realizing that it doesn't ever have to be an adversarial relationship. No. Um, as a landlord myself, I often have that conversation. We, we are working together, you know, so I want to, you know, I'm inviting you to be in my home, but this is a partnership. So when something happens, I want to know about it. Um, it it's, it's collaboration. I think that's really important. Yeah. And having good tenants is also letting them know what's going on in your house. Yep. Um, you know, I had a tenant the other day just text me and says, Hey, I don't, I don't know, but maybe there might be something in your walls. Hey, I really appreciate 
you letting me know about right. that, I so really should check that out because yeah. it could cause some damage, insulation gotcha. damage and all, all sorts of things. I think as landlords ourselves and oftentimes with the, with the folks that we work with, Josh, they're landlords too, you're, you're looking for somebody that um, is going to treat your home with the respect that you, that you would um, and to give you those heads up things too as well. Yeah, and that's also, I wanted to kind of hit on that is because that's kind of the in an area of homeowners, that's kind of their complaint, right? Is when renters move in, they don't like that because they don't take pride in ownership because, surprise, they don't own it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and there's a reason why they're renting, and that's what we're discussing today, you know. I think another option why people think, oh, I'm, I'd rather rent because it's, it's less expensive than owning a home. Um, but I don't know that that's the case these days. I don't think it is, and you know, and there's tons of resources out there to figure this out and to make the decision whether I should rent or, or buy, there's different calculators and I found one actually and it's on cool. Nerd Wallet and we'll put the, the link to that in the show description, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It takes in a lot of different factors. It's not just uh, simply your monthly cost for, for rents and your monthly cost for your mortgage. It takes in things like property taxes, HOA fees, insurance, repairs, renovations, even your tax brackets for your income. Yeah. It takes all that in That's and, it, great. and it puts it into this, this graph and it's a break-even graph, right? And so it'll tell you uh, where the break-even point is. And so with some just some standard data that I have in here, and it's just kind of average, right, uh, for our area. And it says so monthly cost rent twelve fifty seven could be average for a, a single family house in our in, in our area sure uh, maybe a little bit more for the metros but uh, and then buying twelve twenty seven which could be you know an average mortgage payment with you know pity yeah depending on your tax. interest rate and yep. all those things how much you put down so yeah. a break even point it's eleven years yeah. So that's so those those decisions and a tool like this and thanks to Josh for finding that when he's going to put that in the show notes, those are the things you want to think about. So it used to be well, rent was going to be a heck of a lot cheaper than owning a home, not necessarily. And again, it comes back to you hear us say it over, over and over again: inventory. Um, the inventory of available homes to rent is about the same of those to purchase. And so, you know, we get into the questions of equity. So do are you in a position where you're like, you know what, for a couple of years, I'm still shopping this area out. I'm not sure if I still want to put my roots down here. Right. I'm going to rent. And that might not be me building equity, but that's the best decision for me at this point in time to test out the scenario. You're not building equity, but you are. you could be building savings. Sure. And if you Good have, point. if you find an affordable option that allows you to really get Spartan with your personal finances, and it could really allow you to stack away a bunch of cash. Yep. Um, obviously, I, I would say you're going to need to make some concessions sure. in comfort to find an affordable place that allows you to do that, but it could be possible. Yeah. And so that's kind of the trade-off I think when you're renting versus buying. When you know you're buying, you're you are building equity, right? You are building equity. You can use that asset to leverage later on down the road for a ton of stuff, right? Education, improvements, investments, other a whole host of other things, right? Absolutely. I, you know, I've done that myself. Yeah, you know, we we bought our first house. We were really super diligent about paying it down, and we took some of that equity out and. 
we were able to, you know, get another one. And that was our renovation project. Current, still our renovation project. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good because, again, with, with inventory the way it is and when we're working with buyers and maybe, again, you've come up with a temporary housing situation that works for you while you're still doing that home search. But um, saving, saving, saving. So yeah. if you haven't found the house yet, this is your opportunity to save. So you, if you do have that rental situation where you're able to save, do it. Um, it's just you might have to be just like with your home choice. You might have to be a little bit more flexible with your criteria about where you're renting. And is your landlord going to be um, hard and fast about that year-long lease? Are they going to let you out? What's the penalty for that? You better understand all of that before you sign up for a rental. Yeah, read everything. That's what I tell people. I said, just make sure you read everything that you're going to sign. Yeah. You need to understand what you're agreeing to. Um, yeah. So, but not everything is set in stone. Yeah. Right. You can you can agree to anything, but some things don't hold up. <laughs> no. And, and, and then life happens. OK, so we get it. You know, I, I do at least it depends on the situation. But when you've got a tenant who's been a fabulous tenant, but life has changed. And so their job is bringing them somewhere else and it doesn't make sense for them to be there. They have this other opportunity. As long as they're noticing you and you as a tenant understand that you just, it's all about communication yes. at the end of the day with your landlord. Yep. They're not the big meanie necessarily, <laughs> not in our case, I can say. Yeah. Just communicate and say, listen, this has come up. Can we work something out? Do I have to, you know, as long as you're giving them that 30 days notice and you have to pay attention to which state you're in. But I know in New York State States, yes. and in our area, you know, it's all about giving notice. And if you've been there, you know, there's different lease terms about, I'm sure we'll do an episode at some point about landlords and things like that, about right. how much notice we have to give a tenant. But when you're the tenant, and again, this is an episode about should I buy, should I rent, just that communication with your landlord. Because if your home does become available in that time and that was your goal, you know what? Hopefully your landlord's really happy for you and they're going to be flexible on those lease terms and, and get you out as long as they can then turn around quickly because you've been a great tenant and you haven't abused the property right. that they can flip it around and get it rented again. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it's notice and communication are the two biggest things when you when you're talking about this stuff. It's just being open, opening the lines of communication, being informative about where you are, if you are renting and you're looking to buy, because it is, there's going to be that strange in-between period of yeah. when are we closing? When is the lease up? What are we going to do? Is Will there they some, let me go month to month here for the time being? Can I overlap? do a halfway? Exactly. Yeah. And maybe, you know, a couple months at a higher rate because you're just kind of like, on the seat of your pants, right? As a right. landlord, hey, I'm gonna ask for a little bit more mm -hmm. because I'm not able to market it. I don't know. And when I'm gonna you're lose months' out. rent now because yep. I'm helping you out. But right, you know. And we've done that. I've I've done that, and it's it's worked out for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just notice. Okay, this is the end of your tenancy. You know, we're gonna do everything we can to get you on your way. I'm really happy for you because homeownership is. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's everybody's goal. It, it, it's not everybody's goal, but for a lot of people that are taking that time to rent and save, et cetera, if that is your goal, landlords going to be happy for you. You're contributing to our community in a meaningful way. You're Should contributing be. to your own um, stability and uh, your your long-term wealth, and, and that's a good thing. Right. Right. Landlords are in the real estate business too. So, you know, that's that's the thing. They're protecting their asset just like you're going to go on and protect yours. So Yep, absolutely. So with with renting, you know, there's the, I mean, the costs associated with renting are, is rent, 
primarily. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then minor minor maintenance, upkeep, like we said, mm-hmm. light bulbs, batteries, yep. cleaning products. Keep it you clean, know. yeah. If, if you've got something built into your lease terms or, or rental terms where you are responsible for um, the maintenance, the landscaping, snow removal, you know, again, that's a point of um, negotiation with the landlord too. Are you providing that la- that um the lawnmower and the snow removal? Does the landlord give you the mower and give you the gas? I mean, there's all these things that can be negotiable depending on the right fit. I know landlords are always looking for the right fit. So are you as a tenant? Yeah. Um, So it's about those things. And yeah, sometimes you're going to rent somewhere fancy where they have fun amenities. Like maybe there is a pool and maybe it's shared laundry facility. Do you have laundry in unit for per person? If I'm an apartment building, is everything in the basement? You know, these are the things you're looking for. Sometimes your place doesn't have laundry facilities. I see that a, a lot around here um, where then yeah. people are going to a laundromat. And sometimes that's that's the case too. So, you know, you just have to be cognizant of those things when you're thinking about renting. What about the parking situation? Do you have dedicated parking or not? I always try to buy houses with parking. It's just, you have to. What are you going to do? What, yeah. You can't. How, how is that a benefit and how does that make your rental property, your income property attractive if your tenant doesn't have a dedicated space. Now, you could buy a house that doesn't have dedicated parking too. I mean, it's not that that's just the case with rentals, but right. um, it's a consideration. And so it, it again, that's going to back into your price. If if this rental property that you've identified, again, like when we jump into the home buying, checks all your boxes, it probably checks somebody else's too. So does it have laundry? Does it have parking? Um, what What's included in that? Um, those are the things you want to think about, and as as more amenities are included, likely your base rent is going to be higher. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, so we've talked about renting, but what about purchasing? What what are the the benefits or drawbacks of purchasing a home? So, a lot of people say, and you know, a lot of times when I'm I'm interviewing um, tenants and things like that, well, my grandmother says I'm ridiculous for renting because I'm not getting any equity out of this, and I should be purchasing a home today. Well, that depends on how ready you are to purchase that home. And so, if you go back to our buyers episodes and what we preach and talk about throughout the um, the episodes of this podcast, it depends on your your preparedness. Do you have the savings ready for that? Have you educated yourself on the home buying process? Yeah, and so buying is a whole different animal on its own. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of nuances to it, but there are some benefits as well. You know, we, you are building equity eventually, and, and it does take some time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I would say if you're not willing to be in your house for five or six years, yeah. it might not be a good decision to buy a house. Right. Um, there's a cost associated with buying. There's closing costs. There's inspections. There's fees. Um, they're all associated with obtaining the finances to to close on a home. Right. And to be able to pay that back or break even, you have to be in the home for a certain amount of time or else if you go to sell that home within under that under that, you know, five or six year mark, you're gonna be underwater because the market probably may not have changed as much right. that you need it to. Your home might not have appreciated as much. And then when you factor in selling costs and other things on the selling end, you're kind of getting hit with a double whammy. Yeah. And so you kind of find yourself underwater, which then sours your taste because as a homeowner, 
because you're like, ah, this, wasn't, you are. this wasn't worth it. <laughs> this wasn't worth it. And so that's why it's worth waiting for the one, too, to go back to, should I rent? Should I buy? Should I be sleeping on someone's couch? And the other thing I tell people, too, and y'all might be shocked out there, but I say it a lot, just because you can buy doesn't necessarily mean you should. And, yeah. and, and let's talk about that a little bit. So maybe financially you're able to, but are you a doer? Are you going to mow the lawn? Are you going to lift a finger? Are you going to paint? Are you? Did you like to be able to call somebody in the middle of the night when the hot water tank burst. Right. <laughs> and so, and that wasn't your responsibility. Sure, albeit uncomfortable for you because you're the person living there, but are you ready to take on that responsibility? And so you might have the financial capacity and you love the idea of having that home because it is yours. And now I can paint the wall red and I can have five dogs and 27 cats if I want to because right. it's yeah. mine. But are you going to be able to maintain that home continue to improve it so that your investment is protected and so you do have the appreciation for resale down the line. It's going to happen. I mean, maybe you're going to be in that house forever. Yeah, hot water heater, $800 to $1,000. Right. Furnace. The furnace blows. Now it's a new roof. Now we got to paint it. Three, now to, three to five. We flooded. Uh, a natural disaster. A roof. You know, things like that. So are you are you really ready to withstand that? And are you prepared emotionally, not just financially, to do that? And you know yourself and your habits. If you're a really busy person and you've got a really taxing job or you like to travel a lot or something like that, do you have the time to put the effort in and to maintain the home? And if not, if you're not the one that's a doer yourself and you're able to do those home projects at home, do you then have the financial bandwidth to contract that workout? Yeah, I would say, you know, even so as a renter, you may be afforded the the option to save but as a homeowner you also have to save it'd be in your best interest to be saving some people in the financial world they call them sinking funds right you have to earmark money yep. every month and set that aside because although the cost comes up uh you know suddenly you have to amortize that and the best way to go about it is amortizing it over a period of time right and that's really it you know if a roof costs you know twelve thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars and you want to amortize that across 10 years. Okay, so we have to save $1,000 over every year and to hit that when the roof is replaced, we have that money set aside. Yeah, and I think it's important, you know, when when Josh and I are working with buyers and and maybe we have been fortunate enough to find for that buyer who wants move-in ready. They don't want to lift a finger per se to get into the house and all that, but I often tell the buyers your day of maintenance started today <laughs> yeah. because something could happen if it's completely moving ready and gorgeous and it's brand new and whatever what if there is a flood what if there is something so th there's no perfect house and that house is not going to maintain its form and condition without you doing something and investing in it constantly so in the investment sphere too we have what's called depreciation and for our you know appliances i think an appliance is like four to seven years I think the building and structure itself is 27 and a half years. So again, some of these are IRS figures that they use just for your taxes, mm -hmm. but you can kind of take these things and say, okay, an appliance, does that last, you know, four to seven years, five right. to seven years, depends on how hard you are on it, how much you use it, what you're doing with it. You know, if you got your kids in there, you're, you're finding your you know, toddler in your fridge, you know. No. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Hey, what are you doing in there? You broke some shelves. You got to replace the glass shelves. So it that, happens. That Life happens. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you might not be the same buyer 
or home occupant that you were when you first bought the house. Maybe you were single and now you've got your significant other. Maybe there's a family, maybe there's pets. There's normal wear and tear, but it's you keeping up with it, you making those improvements so that when maybe you've outgrown the home, you're ready for something new, that you're not like, oh, I'm in an I gotcha point now. I remember Gavin said, you got five years left on that roof and now here I am and I didn't do it. So 15 years down the line when you wanna sell the house, these are two different terms that I always that I see in listings maintained and updated. Yep, I like you that. Let's talk about really, it. You can really, really do an <laughs> awesome job at maintaining a home. Yes. But after 15 years, I'd say what, styles change every decade about? Oh yeah, for sure. So you'll have styles change every decade. Did you change with the decades or did you stay with what you had bought? Right. And you just maintained it. Right. So are your same red oak cupboards still in style or are we going to cherry? Or are we going to ash? Or are we going to, I don't know what cabinet we, Is everything gray and white? Because <laughs> I'm telling you guys, that's coming to an end soon too. The gray and white's going to be over. I can tell you just anecdotally, I've uh, been on a couple showings this week and I've been in some homes that were maintained impact. Yeah. Like, wow, I could lick the floor. Um, the but kitchen's from 1961. It's, yeah. it's a linoleum floor. <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen's 1961, and it's very much a museum, and I am impressed with the level of maintenance. But when you go to resell, homeowner, someone's going to come in and say, okay, the house is sturdy. It's fantastic. The integrity's there. It's been maintained. But now, because the cost of everything is more, the available contractors, the cost of materials, yeah. uh, the time frame to do those things, now I'm going to sink, what, $50,000 into a new kitchen to update it because the oven from 1961 is like a bread box and your, perhaps it's a bread box because it doesn't work anymore. Your double oven. Yeah, your double <laughs> ovens. You know. Hey, I'm in awe of the Brady Bunch feel and it's amazing. However, is that going to bode well for you? So are you up to that task of not just maintaining but improving because otherwise when you go to resale you're kicking the can to somebody else and again we don't know what's going on in that market when you're going to sell 10 to 15 years from now but if it were right now gone is the time where we're necessarily kicking the can to the buyer the whole time it depends on what's going on in the market buyers are a little bit more empowered because of interest rates and things like that sellers still feel that they can just put the first sale sign in some ways because we're still in a seller's market because of inventory but do, do understand that buyers are paying attention. They're looking at listings. They're seeing, okay, if I can get that for two fifty, and then there's this for two fifty, but the kitchen is updated, and I don't have to put the fifty thousand dollars into it, and maybe I'm a little bit more handy than I think. Maybe I'm going to go for that house. So these yeah. are the things. What do we say all the time? Buyers have to think like sellers. Sellers have to think like buyers. Well, and you just described the principle of substitution, right? Mm -hmm. Is if I can get this house around the corner for that much, why am I going to give you that much for your house? Right. And so I'd say in sellers markets, the ones who are who maintain their homes are rewarded as long it well, along with those who updated, but in a buyer's market, those who are rewarded the most, I would I think, are the ones who updated their homes. I think so, for sure. I, because even sometimes if there's some physical things that need to be fixed, yeah. I think people just look at those photos and that's where we come into play with agents saying, okay, that's great. It's all gray and white. It's uh, brand new vinyl plank flooring and all that. That's nice. But did you see that the floor is a foot higher over here than it is over there? We do have to be cognizant of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so you've got to have the stomach for it is what we're saying. You got to be ready for it. 
and it's awesome. There's not there's nothing more amazing than pride of ownership. If you see that that that's you and then you can use your space exactly how you want to and you're the master of your own domain I'll give a little Seinfeld uh, tip in there um, this is maybe the better option for you just in this inventory you might have to be a little bit more patient you might have to broaden your criteria um, but if you're ready for that responsibility and to realize that dream and to grow your family in that space maybe you are ready to buy yeah and I want to say that home ownership is, is amazingly gratifying right that's the reason why, why I own homes Mm-hmm. Is because it is. It's you get to do your your thing. You get to put your touch on it, your flair. Um, if you want to go that way, or you can pick something out of a design magazine, have someone do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's what you want to do, and you want to feel like building something, then I would go ahead and buy something. And we hope you do, and we hope you enjoy it forever. Uh, one thing I tell people too is when you get into the personalization of your home, and hopefully you're there for decades, but you know, big ticket items that you do like that brand new kitchen, that's going to transfer to somebody else because kitchens and bathrooms always yep. sell homes. But when you start doing things like I'm putting an in-ground pool in because this is my house and I've always wanted one, I'm going to do it. Don't necessarily think that you're going to add that to the price tag later on. You know, those those things that customizations like that don't nec- do it because you enjoy it and it's your house and it's awesome and that's how you're going to use the space but don't think that that's necessarily going to connect to the value of the home when you go to resell it the return on some upgrades are not dollar for dollar Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it translates into sometimes it's 50 50 cents a dollar sometimes it's 25 cents a dollar sometimes it works against you because the someone if i have that pool i'm gonna you know somebody says i i need that filled in (laughs) yeah but there is but there is something but, but there is something to be said for utility and that's an economic concept too, because you not only had the enjoyment, but you've had the utility of that. Yeah. So. So you do it so you enjoy it. Yeah. And your family is going to get the best of it, and you have all your great memories of doing that. But don't think that that's going to be maybe an advantage of your property necessarily. Yep. It's just because you've updated it that isn't what someone wants. Yep. And so there's there's that concept too. Are you doing it with sales and resale in mind, or are you doing it for you? Yeah. And so at the end of the life cycle here, do you care? Mm-hmm. Do you care that you're getting the maximum return or are you going to sell that home and you say, I had the best years of my life in that home. We're getting back, you know, whatever the sales price is and I'm good with that. We're going to move on. Absolutely. And then there's other incentives too, not just your pride of ownership and your personal enjoyment and all the memories and, and all the those things that are going on too, but you might also be eligible for some tax breaks, our yeah. favorite topic. <laughs> yeah, tax breaks are awesome. You know, um, you know, with changing tax laws and everything too, it's you have the standard deduction that is raising, but if you are itemizing, you could be uh, benefiting from this. Your mortgage... Um, what is it? Mortgage interest. Mm-hmm. If you have a line, a line of credit, mm-hmm. uh, line of credit HELOC interest mm-hmm. is is deductible. Um, you know, home certain office, upgrades home are home offices. Yeah, uh, can be deductible. Um, not a hundred percent, but it's a percentage. It's a, it's a, of square a portion. Footage. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a portion of square footage. Uh, talk to your accountant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have a great accountant when you're a homeowner. You better have a great accountant. Yeah, because they can they can really. Uh, get you all of these things. They can 
uh, what paint your image. They can create yeah. your picture, your big picture of right. what you're doing with your life, and then they can fit your financial world into that. Yeah, so. I, I think you bring up a really good point with the home office, with so many people working from home these days, that might be a reason why you rent or buy. Um, you know, maybe you're still going into the office. Some people are like, well, if I can have a place where maybe if you work for yourself, where it's home to me and it's also the place of my business, there might be some real financial value for you doing that. And the type of house that you buy with its amenities, um, maybe has a workshop and things like that, depending on what you do for a living, maybe that's a double whammy. That's like, that's life and work. And so I, I can also get that for that price and I'm working for home. And then I also have some tax benefits related to that as well. That's super. So that's a consideration if you're thinking about buying versus um, renting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else do we have for buying versus renting? It's really, I mean, it's, it is complex, but it is really simple. You know, if you want to buy, buy for you. You know, that's what I think. Um, because unless you're investing for income and you're buying income properties. Yeah, and that's another know, consideration. Your personal property should really be for you, what you want. And then if you're investing for income, then you have to think more economically. Yeah. You know, what's the return on the investment? What's the net, net operating income? What's the CapEx? What are we putting into this each year? And is it actually going to cash flow for us? Yep. What kind of cash flow are we looking for? Is it worth the hours that we're going to put in it? Right. Ultimately, it's a deeply personal decision. So yeah. my best advice is that... Um, you've listened to the episode and you've um, maybe come up with some pros and cons of each um, buying or renting as well, but sit down and speak with a real estate professional and, and talk about that because it's financial decision. It's an emotional decision. What are your, what's your work life balance needs? Are you somebody that's on the road a lot? Your agent's going to dive deep into what matters to you and what you want your life to be like and what is that painted picture so that we need to come up with what's the best for you at this point in time um, for your housing situation, running or buying, that's going to best support that. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a client just the other day, you know, come in and they were like, we want to buy a house. And I'm like, okay, we'll buy a house. They're like, well, we want it to be a duplex. And I'm like, okay. Great, so op great option. We want it to be a duplex. Okay. What are you going to do? Do you want to be a landlord? Is that really what you want? You know, and I'm... And why, is that why is that they were thinking about the financial offset of the, the rent? Yep. They okay. wanted the, they wanted the we're income. We're seeing a lot of that now. They wanted the income to offset their mortgage, which is great. You yep. know, we, uh, we call it house hacking, you know, it can be called house hacking. You live in one side, you rent the other side. Yep. But then upon talking with them a little bit more, they, you know, were moving to a more favorable situation and it was going to be, you know, cheaper free rent and then but also a possibility of them getting that house it was already a multifamily. it checked all their boxes and i was okay. like oh so why don't you do that and then maybe save your dollars and then just jump straight into an investment call that one your personal yeah. and then you have two investment properties within 12 to 18 months. Awesome. And an opportunity to leverage and keep growing their little real estate empire if they choose to do that. And if they have the guts and the tenacity to be a landlord, not everybody does. So some people want the house hacking. They don't want to grow and that's okay. Yeah, that's all they right. They just want to have their slice mm -hmm. and they want to offset the income. They're good. They've got free living. Yep. They have, you know, they can go away if they want to. It's it's fine. They have their setup. So if something happens, they just call the guy. Right. You know, they can come and they can fix it. Um, but other people, they do want to grow. They want to grow into an investment style. And it's like, okay, so if you want to play that game, 
then you get strategic about it. Yeah, and I think, you know, previous episodes that we've discussed, Josh, is this first home that you're buying, and maybe not all renters are first-time home buyers, but um, it, is it the dream home that you're getting into? Is it the house that you're gonna get into to leverage that equity later on? Are you somebody that's downsizing and you're, you don't want the responsibility of a homeowner um, right now and you wanna be a renter? There's all these different scenarios. It's not just first-time home buyers necessarily. You've got some people, like we said at the beginning of the episode, you're, you're changing states, you're changing jobs, you're not quite settled. So it's all about your personal lifestyle of where you are right now and where you want to go of what's really going to guide this decision for you. Yeah, I would really say for the buying versus renting, you really have to take inventory of all of those things. You kind of have to paint the picture about where you see yourself maybe in five or 10 years yep. and, and then go from there and see, you know, run the numbers. Like again, I'll put this calculator in the show notes because I really think it was great. Um, I don't, I don't think a lot of other calculators are like that. Yeah, this is awesome. They just kind of go with the rent versus the uh, mortgage. Right. And so when you have this, you know, look at it. Mm -hmm. I use calculators all the time for multiple purposes. I use them for investments. I would use them for this. I'm actually probably going to save this. Yeah. It's a good one. So that I can go over this with with the clients when they just immediately say, well, I'm not doing anything for myself. It's like, right. well, you could be trapping yourself. Sure. You could be trapping yeah. yourself. And we need to look at that and we need to figure out whether this is a good decision for you. Or do you really want to own the home or do you just like the idea of owning the home because of what your friends say? You got to be honest. And, and what's right for your friend and your family member is not necessarily right for you. And your circumstances might change throughout that process, yeah, too. Yeah, you don't always have to do what your friends tell you. Yep. Bounce it off a real estate agent. We'll be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're, we are impartial, but we, are, we, we want the best for you. You know, and if we can't find you a house, if you don't want a house, then maybe we can find you an apartment. Absolutely. We, do, we can do that, too. Yep, we're you know, here people, to help you with that, too. People list apartments on the MLS all the time. Yep. And so, yeah, we can definitely help you out with that. Awesome. Anything else to add about the rental conversation versus buying, Josh? No, I don't have anything today. This is kind of a, a short episode for us. It's uh, unusual. Unusual, but it's a good thing because it gives you guys some ideas of how, different ways that realtors and how we can help you. And so if you have any more questions about this particular topic or anything real estate in general, give us a buzz um, and, and contact us on our social media. Yeah. That's a, on Instagram and Facebook, the Get Real Estate Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. And you can also email us at the get, sorry, at get real estate podcast podcast at at gmail.com. Thank you. Yep. And so definitely reach out to us, ask your questions. Um, We really want to have some, some listener driven, driven questions here in the future. Yeah. Um, You know, we do have some guests coming up. Yes, we do. We're excited about that. So stay tuned for that, but get on there, subscribe, please. We love your feedback. Please rate us. And again, like Josh said, send in your questions because we'd be happy to feature those or even maybe bring you on the show. That would be great if we could have someone on the show, just a listener, and, and kind of describe their experience yeah. about what what they experienced in their home buying process or maybe even their rental process. That'd be great. So reach out to us. We look forward to seeing you guys. Remember, we're here to keep it real. Everybody take care. Have a good weekend. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We hope to see you next time. We're going to be doing this a lot more, so to be sure to leave us a review and a rating as it lets us reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. We hope you're doing well. Cheers until next time.